Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We are particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. Hi everyone, this is Stephen Moe speaking. Welcome to the show. Today we get the chance to speak with Mark Mbundo, who's from Kenya, and he now lives in New Zealand and is able to offer us a fascinating insight into Western culture. And he also has a lot to say about purpose and what that means. Have a listen to this snippet from our conversation. Because yeah. I, think, I think our purposes are like arrows that are pointing us to a greater good, to a greater, a greater area of influence. Because that's, that's the thing about our purpose is that it touches lives and changes lives. Mm-hmm. And so it's to ask ourselves, how can I use this strength that I have to touch people's lives in a positive way? You know, mm-hmm. um, I think so. Now, in the next episode, we're going to be speaking with David Harland, who's the CEO of the Eden Project in England. And he's going to be telling us all about their mission and what they seek to achieve as well as some plans they have for the Red Zone in Christchurch. And if you don't want to miss upcoming episodes, then hit subscribe. And in your app, there's probably something like a square box with an arrow on it. And if you hit that, you can send an email with a link to an episode to somebody that you think it might help. Now let's get into the interview with Mark. So I'm here with Mark Mbundo. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. Mm, Welcome. It's, um, I think you bring a different perspective to other people that I've talked to. Um, I know that you've been in New Zealand, is it nine months now? Or? Yeah, I think uh, maybe nine, ten, ten months. Ten months, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what I'm really curious about, because you've um, been in New Zealand a relatively short time, you'll have observations and notice things about mm. the culture here that maybe people who actually live in the culture wouldn't have observed. Um, but I'm just wondering, before we get into those sorts of discussions and observations, can we back up and just tell us a little bit about where you're from in Africa and what your life was like before you came to New Zealand? Yeah, I think um, I come from Kenya, and uh, it's on the East Africa uh, region. Um what uh, I would say about the country is that, uh, I mean, the climate is really uh, fairly warm through the year. You know, we do an average of maybe 23, 24 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's been a fairly uh, good upbringing because I've grown up in the capital city, Nairobi, and uh, all my education has been there, really. And um, growing up, again, the national language is uh, Swahili, but we've been taught English. So that was quite an interesting um, learning curve for us because at home we'd speak Swahili, go to school, and we asked to speak English. I mean, it was quite a dynamic. But right now I look back and I'm saying, wow, actually it was an advantage. Um, I am part of uh, the, uh, the second largest tribe in the country. We have like 43 tribes. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's fairly cross-cultural. It's multi-ethnic uh, country. And so far, I mean, it's been great. I mean, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed my life there, really. Mm. Yeah. And a city like Nairobi, how many people would live in Nairobi? Uh, right now, I think it's an average of uh, four million, four million. Okay. And then it's interesting because we have it keeps changing during the day. It's five million. Uh, in the evening, it's four million. Those are the statistics we get from the council. Mm. And uh, the reason is that normally. Uh, the capital city is assumed to be no man's land in a sense that uh, people 
people's homes are in the rural areas and our parents migrated to the capital city to work. So in a sense, people come to the city to work and then afterwards in the evening they go back to their places. But over time, people settled in just to, to live there and make a, make a home. Yeah. Mm. So for you growing up, it was actually your home. You weren't, your parents weren't commuting, if you no, like. No, they, they were not commuting. No, no, no. I mean, we, it was my home. It was mm. my home. Yeah, mm. yeah. And and what was it like growing up um, as a child there? What what sort of things would you do? Yeah, um, we we grew up in a I would say maybe a middle a middle middle income area in the city, and in those days, I mean, uh, I'm currently thirty years old. In those days, we had friends who their parents were a bit uh, well off, so they would buy them these uh, plastic toys. But for, 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 for some of us, we didn't quite grow with them. So we used to fabricate a lot of those things. So we would, we would see a plastic toy of a, a van. We would go make it with wires and get rubber tubing. So you know the way a car, the tire of a car, you'd remove the, the tube. These days we have tubeless. But in the days when tube was there, we'd cut it into small strips and join it up. And finally you have a car, you know, and, and make it in such a way that um, get your jandals, form the tires and fix them in. Um, we didn't, some, some of our friends would have uh, proper soccer balls uh, for, play, for playing football. Uh, just a few but again they would they some of them were not willing to share so what would happen is that we'd go put all these plastic papers together form a ball and um sort of try and weave uh using a um i don't know a, a tough string and make something like a ball and you'd use it in the evening to play together with your friends so uh, that was the kind it's all, almost innovative you know that you want to have this childhood experience that is just like what other people who are well off would have but you don't have it but so you find something else to do that would keep you would do kite riding uh man it was gymnastics i hear i see trampolines <laughs> we didn't we didn't have trampolines in fact that's a new word i've come to learn of it maybe the last six years uh, we grew up what we used as a trampoline were huge tractor tires that we would go, you know, you use it to spring and do a flip in the air. And then, I mean, it was, it was just makeshifts or innovating and trying to create your own experience. But at that time, you didn't notice exactly what you're doing all together. So you enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. So you just made do with what you had. Ah, yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the exposure of the TV and seeing what everyone else has. And then you begin to sense uh, discontentment. But large, largely... Uh, you get by and you enjoy it. Mm. Yeah. And so what was it like, you know, you mentioned TV, like what type of shows were on TV? Was it growing up there? Was there a, a awareness of like America and culture there in the West? Or was it, was it more things that you saw that were African or how did that dynamic work? Like, cause mm. it was obviously very different from yeah. say yeah. a movie set in, you know, America. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. We've we've uh, watched um, American Western TV mm-hmm. for a long time. In Neighbors, which is like an, an Australian production from Not Wrong, we grew up watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rambo, uh, all the movies, um, uh, Schwarzenegger. I mean, all of them, to be honest, have been Western media. Just maybe coming up to around 2000 and, uh, 2003, 2002, 
Nigeria and Ghana started coming up with their own movies and capturing what's going on in Africa and the context. So, but that was not as interesting and fun as they were watching uh, Schwarzenegger and, and every other guy who's uh, American or anything. So, yeah, it's been fairly Western media. That's yep. interesting, yeah, because, I mean, just thinking about it, the names that you're saying, you know, those are names that we would have watched, uh, you know, <laughs> when I was growing up as well. Um, but then you went out into the streets and, and you kind of made do, you yeah. made your own toys. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, and w- what is surprising, again, is, um, is just how you look at an African context and you'd imagine the children are miserable. And actually, since they're not, you know, I mean, you, you're looking at them from your perspective, maybe as a Westerner, you know, thinking, oh, poor them, they don't have shoes or they are getting hurt. They're not. They don't even realize that. Mm. And I mean, that's not to mean that we shouldn't, uh, 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 whatever, supply those things to them. Mm. But you, you need to, um, to, to sort of um, uh, tamper your understanding with the fact that they are not sorrowful. They are not sad. They are not miserable. They are enjoying themselves. And, and, and I think that's one of those things that for me, and, and up until I started seeing people doing, uh, having some of the things I didn't have, I was fine. Mm. Yeah, 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 I was fine. So yeah. do you think in the West we, we kind of have our own glasses based on our own childhood and what we had, and then we think, oh, those poor people, yeah. is that what you're saying? That, yeah. yeah, largely I would, I would say so, that mm. there's that almost like an impositional mindset. However, it, there's value in what, your, what a Western or what or NGOs would bring in. There's no doubt that there are values. Mm. Uh, but I think it needs to be done definitely with collaboration mm. with what's on ground. What are the real areas of, of struggle? Now, you'd find that one of the areas of struggle would not be necessarily uh, getting uh, people to wear shoes um, who are coming from rural areas. Because in the city, people are. What would be a great need is exercise books for class. That's, right. that's, that's where the need is. But someone is concerned with something totally, totally different. Mm. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I mean, I, if I would think a bit more on this, would be a lot more collaboration with people mm. on the ground. And I and I guess what you're saying is understanding the local needs rather than Im- yeah. almost imposing. Well, yeah, y- these children don't yeah. have shoes and they yeah. need shoes because yeah. that's yeah. my understanding. Actually, when actually, maybe they just need some paper to yeah, write down, write their down their what they're learning. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, it, it's it's the big difference between perceived needs and felt needs and Mm. and being able to assess what's the great line there and Mm. see you might think this is what they need but in actual sense what's actually the felt and needed uh, need is 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 something something really that hasn't occurred to you Mm. Um, yeah so anyway it's just no that's that's really that's interesting yeah very fascinating Mm. and (laughs) just thinking um growing up you're you're watching western tv shows or movies (laughs) and neighbors that type of thing yeah um what was you you know do you think that gave you a sense of what life would be like in a country like New Zealand or um you know i i guess we're moving a little bit now in into yeah. you know what was your perception of the west and has it actually been that way i mean it was almost uh i would say uh it was hard to tell and th- th- let me explain that in one way, you look at the houses, like when you're watching Home Alone, Home Alone 1, 2, mm. or 3, mm. and it's Christmas in America, I think snow, we've never seen snow. I think I've just seen snow lately, just as I've come to New Zealand. 
it's you look at that and you wonder wow do people really do that they put lights outside their houses it's it's looking all that and then someone would tell me no these ones are acting they are no this is not real so in one in one way you're saying mm. wow this is really nice and then there's this understanding that ah they're just acting so is this real or is it just acting is the house also a make believe or um but it definitely painted a whole idea of having a house where there is a staircase that goes up so really fascinating ideas and because for us you've grown up in these bungalows these houses that don't have stairs so you get the impression that anyone who's wealthy must be living in a in a machinate that there's a stairs in the house right. and and that really fascinates you so <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so anyway yeah, yeah. and uh, let's just dive deeper there in terms of the house that you would have lived in yeah. you were intrigued by stairs in a house yeah. what d- describe what your house looked like the bungalow what what was it like um i mean it's just a fairly normal house i mean made of stone two bedroom house uh proper lighting mm-hmm. um the difference would be if i'm thinking about new zealand now because that's the the context i have is um you come into a house in new zealand that has um has a cooker there for you, a washing machine, mm. um, a heat pump to keep the house warm. Now those were for, for those were sort of luxuries. For us, you get a house; it's just basic. It's it's everything properly, good walls, good windows. But in terms of electronics, that's that's for you really. You're gonna buy your own washing machine if you want a washing machine. You buy your own cooker, so there um, you don't get that head start. You know, so, so but but in terms of normal normal seats, it's a normal house. I mean, at home maybe a bit of a burglar proof just because of um, incidents of burglary. So uh, you'd find doors that are really metallic and strong, <laughs> windows that have again on the other on the outside you have these metal grills. Again, it's just the idea of security that um, maybe that's not a big issue here as uh, as I've seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's interesting and then um you've been here uh you got here sort of end of last year you've now been through a yeah. winter here we can yeah. talk about the weather yeah. <laughs> but um what i just just thinking about some of the big picture things i know i heard you speak before and mm. i think when someone asked you what are some of the things you've noticed people probably expected it was well now i've seen snow and i've been mm. you know that type of thing but your response to that particular question i remember it was something about um pets wasn't yeah it? yeah um, do you mind just going into that and 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 yeah. talking about some of these differences that you've seen um yeah i would go there i think just what you've said pets there's a very strong pet culture if i may say so that uh people like a cat and a dog is is really considered something close to a family member so that closeness is was really strange for me and um i so, think so what was it like where you were from uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna have dogs it's like guard dogs they're outside to protect the home or the homestead mm. <laughs> and then would be out for sale people would get puppies so that they can sell them it's not mm. so much for as a part of the family really i mean one or two of my friends would really love their their dogs but it was it was a big deal it was very rare i mean i can tell you maybe one out of 10 homes would have a cat 
Now, right now in Nairobi, um, among the wealthy, uh, 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 the top brass of the country, them they might go into the pet culture and they like that. But honestly, a majority of the country, nah, nah, no one. It's too expensive, too costly. It's, it's mm. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was quite a that was quite a difference for you yeah. when arriving in New Zealand. Yeah. I think that's yeah. interesting because for us, you know, people just would wouldn't even think about it you know in a, in a way <laughs> yeah and i think we, i mean we we think we think money consumption if i'm to rare chicken it's it's part of just raising whatever anyway so so there's um, i saw an animal ambulance oh my goodness i was with my wife we almost stopped the car to just take a picture we thought an ambulance for animals Man, these guys have, have really sorted out all the issues that are concerning humanity. Now, we even can take care of animals this much. It wasn't long then I saw a holiday home for cats. I just thought... I Actually, that one, I took a picture of that mm-hmm. and I sent it to my, my friends on social media. I says, guys, look at the things that I'm seeing. And man, pe- people's jaws were dropping, thinking, what is that? Is that right? In Nairobi, people <laughs> yeah. were going, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just thinking... Uh, this is strange. I mean, this is um, you're treating these animals as if they are human. You're giving them this this uh, status that sounds or comes across as is there more to these animals that we haven't seen, or is it what is it about the animals? So anyway, anyway, I mean, it was just really fascinating mm. for my mm. friends to look at that and say, okay, this you're really in a first world. Mm. Interesting, yeah, because yeah. I think, um, like I say, for us here, it, you know, that story of um, being a fish in the water, you don't know that you're in the water, do you? It <laughs> yeah, takes someone yeah. else pointing it out <laughs> to, to know what the culture is that you're in. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's really interesting. And what are some of the other things that you've observed since um, arriving in New Zealand? Yeah, I think I would add maybe just uh, uh, the, the New Zealand, in a, in a sense, has these added advantages or uh, what I'm calling head starts. Thinking about the culture, what is ingrained in the culture here is uh, very rich uh, values, if I may say. Things like honesty, uh, trustworthiness. Those are really special things that people actually take you at your word. They believe you. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I don't know whether I'm speaking for the whole of New Zealand. I've only been in Christchurch. But that, for, for, for what it's worth, it says a lot about the general feel of the people, that they trust each other. When we were looking for a house and they were asking for references, that says something, that they believe the landlord will speak and they will, there is no need to lie or cover up anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that was one thing that I thought, whoa, this is, this is good. This is really good. Again, the sense of order on the roads. Man, I'm telling you, it's not like Nairobi, you know, there are no, there's no sense of order. No, there is. There is order. I mean, there is order. It's just that coming here, there's such an, um, a sense of abiding to, to the laws that um, a strange statement we, I made to my wife the other day was that uh, the order is confusing that you people seem to follow the lights and the times to turn and they wait on each other. It's my turn, it's your turn. And in a sense that there's that code on the road that's really respectable. Now, in, in Nairobi, we do that. What I would say is that we could do better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could definitely do better. A friend of mine one day at, at back in Nairobi told me, 
he drives and he gets he gets a sense in which the traffic lights are colored suggestions people take them as not as serious as they should be taken you know <laughs> and anyway i mean i think over time we are getting to that 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 phase of of development where people are seeing it says something about us if we are not uh, following the rules anyway yep mm. yeah. well that's interesting as well i mean yeah the suggestions of the colors huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um is there anything else that um has has struck struck you or, or actually maybe yeah, let's just yeah, something unpack, yeah. maybe one other thing mm. um just unpacking the you know you mentioned the houses in Nairobi having yeah. i guess um some protection yeah. and heavy doors and yeah, things yeah. um yeah is that that's something that surprised you that that there that people wouldn't have bars on their windows yeah yeah i think i think that goes even further to more differences that i've seen in in terms of security mm-hmm. um i think new zealand again people knew, i i don't know how um kiwis can go about teaching each other how not to take advantage of what they have unless you've gone to other places where you haven't seen that the idea of security is a big deal in my in my context and it's 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 being fed the insecurity is being fed by something else where there is un- high unemployment feeds into the idea that crime can be an issue because you have many young people with great potential but not utilizing that they, they are out in the streets and they can be they can try to do some other things that are not right so you use the houses but also when i when i'm driving at night and i see people walking someone jogging outside with their headphones or their earphones i mean that's really stunning for me because i'm saying back at home in very few neighborhoods can you do this maybe in gated communities and that's something that I haven't seen in New Zealand again the idea of gated communities and the idea is that people the middle class are trying to create an atmosphere that would be safe for themselves to be able to to live out the kind of the quality of life they want to and some of these guys have traveled around the world they've probably come to New Zealand they've seen all right we might not be able to spread this to the whole country but we can come together as property developers and be able to to create this safe heaven where people can jog at night with their head phones they can create homes without the burglars but of course there's a perimeter wall that keeps all these things inside mm-hmm. so new zealand doesn't need that perimeter wall largely you can have your home there without the metal grills go out for a jog at night without the worry that someone's going to come at you or whatever part yeah mm. yeah yeah so that is that is a big difference isn't it that's and, a big and, difference and i guess um what you end up with is those gated communities they yeah. become almost uh yeah separate from the rest of the world yeah don't they? yeah and it, it's 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 again we are caught in attention here as human beings we, we would say we, would, we can we can chastise the middle class the upper middle class and say guys you are looking for private solutions for public issues so in a sense we are saying why are you not coming out and trying to sort out the public um mm. the public arena but at the same time you understand that people are they don't have all the resources the, you you are you can only take care of your family one moment at a time you know and that's that's your first responsibility so we are caught in this tension of you know what do i pursue for my personal family but also the larger whole needs what what is good for everyone but yeah so mm. but, yep that's interesting because and and just thinking about the welcome that you've had in new zealand how have yeah. you found new zealanders to be um i i don't know people you're meeting in the shops or the mm. streets cuz you're you know um yeah what what's the reaction when you start talking and and people do yeah do yeah. people say well, where are you from or or do they just 
not say anything or yeah what's no, no, that no, i mean i i would say kiwis are um, a nice bunch of people really i i have i've seen uh, i've felt them um, respected that's a good that's a, that's a that's a big highlight and there's an openness i mean a good chunk and i would say comfortably maybe 85 to 90 percent of the people would be up for a conversation you pass by someone someone gives you a smile you know i mean there is fairly a good um embrace and i mean from a different context there's something good about that uh something else about again the context here is that the experience of community is different from what i'm used to uh i'm used to going home and on the roads children have come from school they are playing outside and and there's just a lot of human people around in new zealand people i just see cars and they see people in houses. In fact, the other day we were talking about my wife and saying, when it's time to collect the trash, we see the rubbish bins out. We don't know who brought them out. You come in the evening, they've been taken back. Who took <laughs> them back? You know, I mean, where are people? But when you go to the malls, you see people. Mm. But when you go to the neighborhoods, people are not outside. So even for us, it took time to just adjust mentally that idea that people are not as available as we normally were used to. Uh, we got used to the culture of um, haggling. I don't know what to call the haggling when you're bargaining for a price or whatever product. So mm. outside the supermarket or official stores, anything in our country, that price is not fixed. We can talk about it. Mm. But here in New Zealand, man, that's the price, and they do deals. Maybe they'll say, buy three for this amount if you buy two. So the discussion is left with you in the mind. You decide what you want. Mm. But normally, I want to take that and product and go to the guy on the counter and say, I don't have this much, I have this much, would you give it to me? But again, that's, yeah. And I guess in your context, the culture would be that that's fine. That's you know, fine. That's really fine. <laughs> it, it, you've put $15 here, but will you take 11 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I have 11 today. I mean, uh, yeah. okay, I can come up only to 12 and, and the And that exchange even builds the, the ethos of the country and mm. is being very verbal or, or oral culture where, you know, the, the sense of community where people are talking, it's, it's just, mm. it's fueled by those kinds of things. Mm. Yeah. I want to pick up on something that you just said before, just mm. about the, um, the rubbish bins appearing yeah, and coming yeah. back in. Because <laughs> I've noticed that as well, you know, that, yeah. that, that, um, that people don't tend to congregate outside of their houses yeah, yeah. and, you know, yeah. even getting to know their neighbors. I don't know if that's something that, you know, 50 years ago, maybe it was different. Mm. I'm not really sure because I wasn't there. But um, it, it, I guess what you're saying is that in, in, in your context in Nairobi, that people would be out talking, yeah. laughing, yeah. having that community yeah. feel. Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, and, and it's, it's also because we, we have the lady who's selling groceries outside the house and then next to her is the butchery. Right. And next to the butchery, there's the laundry, whatever. So in a sense, by the time you are coming home, you meet a neighbor buying groceries and you say, hi, hi. You're probably the new neighbor who came in yesterday and saying, oh, yeah, this is really great. You go to the butcher. I mean, you, you meet at different places to, to a point where you break the ice. By the time you're knocking someone else's door who's next to you, mm. You met, you've broken the ice outside. You've, you've met them in different places. There are many things to talk about. I mean, so, yeah. So that would be some of the things that we might be missing here. 
in that you know there, like you say there's lots of people at the mall yeah, and yeah, shopping yeah but there's not so much of that interaction yeah at a, at a, at a basic community level like yeah it's it isn't there honestly it isn't like i live in holswell and there um i drive around and there are i think the holswell domain there's a pitch there for rugby and soccer but to be honest man i've been here 10 10 months and I've only seen guys play there for just a few, a couple of days, really. And normally when I was growing up, such a place with a football pitch, whatever, every Saturday, there's a match there, people congregate and you mm-hmm. talk. And man, there's a church there that would bring out their sound beer, they put music, and there's just discussion, tournaments. So when I'm driving around, I'm seeing... Nice lush green grass. No one, no one is is out there playing. Mm-hmm. Ah, where are people, man? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So it, in a way, it, it's almost like the the culture where you're from. People um, come out yeah. to meet people. Whereas yeah. it, here, what you're saying, I think, is that people tend to retreat and and go inward. Yeah. In, in the sense of they're in their house and yeah. I, when, you know, are they watching TV or <laughs> not really sure because you, you you're not really meeting them. Yeah, and again, maybe it's just the way things are structured. I find that your community, you experience community around structured times, mm. um, like the summer pool at uh, the Holswell uh, Library. Mm. It is interesting that it's it's um, you would expect around summer that children are are walking, people are the the road is busy with people crossing, going in. Not really. People are driven, dropped, go in, come out. You come at the pool at a certain time, mm. man. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, what are some of the things that you think? New Zealanders could learn from your background and, and your context where you've come from and then what are some things that you think in Nairobi people could learn from New Zealand I think the um, just breaking that uh, human uh, human fear but I don't know whether it's fear or there's a properness that people have that um, mm. the, 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 the outside facade needs to remain intact colorful beautiful and all that and and I do respect that. I think, but I think if there's going to be an authentic community, there is a sense in which you have to drop your guard. You mm. know, there is no harm in going to the next door and saying hi. I'm, I'm a neighbor here, and uh, I just wanted to pass by and get to know. You know, know mm. who's living mm. around me. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and it's it it if it's done well, it shouldn't be offensive, and it it shouldn't mean anything other than the fact that I just want to be friends and develop a community. Mm. I think that will help a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, we we go to the malls, but in the malls, everyone is busy doing their own thing. We don't go to meet someone. Okay, maybe young people would go to meet in the mall. So maybe we can do something about that. I think for my own context, there is um, a sadness in the sense that we could learn something about uh, ordering our society. Um, just a bit more, um, let's, let's, let's obey the rules. Let's not act as if we are above the law and, mm. and, and show impunity when we are driving. Mm. Just that courtesy I see here, you know, it, it can do well in my context where we are showing courtesy on each other on the roads, you mm. know, yeah. So it sounds like a, a little bit of um, your culture here yeah. would transform things and maybe a little bit of the culture here going back ah, the other way. <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's really great. Yeah, uh, maybe, c- can I add one more? Yeah, of course. I think, I think maybe also just the, um, I see... I think that many young people maybe need to see that they have uh, a lot of resources at their disposal mm. to 
make to make good of their lives i i think I, I that's what i was saying earlier i don't know how best to instill that to the younger generation on them to realize what do you have really you have uh, an easy access to resources and um that can help you build a good future uh very early you know just the idea that education is is good quality education um and and you're being pushed to go and attend there are polytechnics available and the, uh, the idea that the, the young people are not evaluated primarily on education because for us that was that was the big thing if you're not good in academics there's a, a great sentencing of your life to misery you get a sense of that i mean it's not always that mm. way but in new zealand is a bit more broader that even if academics is not your thing you're a bit more artistic there are opportunities i mean mm. you you can take advantage of that and really make good with your life anyway i think mm. so yeah yeah and and i guess what you're saying is that maybe people here because it's just the way it is people aren't mm. aware that that opportunity is even you know kind of taking it for granted yeah yeah i i wish there could be a way to help people uh especially the young people see that hey guys mm-hmm. um don't be so choosy at times develop the discipline of working with what you have because what you have already is way 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 much 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 more than what we have back mm-hmm. at home i mean but we are trying and and look at where we are man i mean uh it's it's you could say it's a real miracle but also there's a sense in which uh if you're faithful to use the little that you have or the much that you've been given mm. you'll be surprised how profitable it can be in the end mm. yeah it'd be interesting to you know like if you could take 10 teenagers from Christchurch context yeah. you know mm. and take them back to to where you grew up and mm. and just show them the culture yeah you know i think it probably would transform their understanding and uh, and when they came back they probably would be like wow yeah i can go to university i can go to whatever Big you know time. i can become an artist and yeah yeah and do something there like like I'll, i'll give you a good one these um in kenya there are vans uh, like what it, public transport is not there are buses but it would work more with 33 seater vans or or maybe 14 15 seater vans so the young people in creating employment they have gone into the art of graffiti how do we whatever maybe do a graffiti of uh, of the name of this material and then this this vans look at what i've used the swahili word there you we would pick like a famous football player like uh, messi and a young person would would do a graffiti of messi on a, on on a van and do colorful and make it really nice and and they and that has opened up a whole industry now maybe here there reason something like that but there are more powerful resources uh, at your disposal now you have uh, an institution or a library where you have all these um apple computers with mm. animation softwares mm. that you can go ahead and form whatever kind of uh, movies and i mean you, it's just one thing over the other that you can do that um a kenyan um young person who's artistic in their mind would move away from the van and sit in front of a computer and they would churn incredible animation which is really expensive in Kenya to do but it's here available mm. yeah anyway yeah well one of the purposes of this podcast is to talk about purpose yeah. and to think about um how people use their lives and and what they're doing with their lives and I, what i'm getting from you is just a reminder again of um uh, 
yeah, uh, I guess of the availability of resources here yeah. that, that people maybe aren't even aware of. Yeah, I think so. And, and I think when it comes to the idea of purpose is you, we, we all have uh, gifts and talents. Uh, somehow, the way we are made, there are things you notice you're good at. I really think that we should, everyone should make an attempt to, first of all, do that self-awareness. Mm. At a moment's notice, if someone asks you, what are your top three gifts? Because mm. maybe we have more than one. If someone asks you, you know, what are your top three talents? What are you good at? Give me three. And I think Kiwi culture also, I notice this also could be a great undoing that people don't like speaking well of themselves. So they don't want to rise up and come across as they, uh, they know. I, I don't know where that comes from. But surely, if it's, if it's working against you, it, it should, be, it should be, be looked at again. You know? that, that's a cultural attribute that can, can work against you in the sense that, hey, if you're good, you're computer savvy, great public speaker, and you're great in athletics, there's no harm in, in embracing that and asking yourself, all right, so if I'm good at these three things, what, 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 what probably is the leading one? What's the leading gift? And how can, that, how can I use that to carry whatever particular message that I have or to exercise my passions on leadership or family or whatever, social justice? How can I use sports? How can I use animation? How can I use... Um, I mean, they're just different ways. I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, so being strategic and understanding what you're good at, and then finding what your purpose is. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think I think our purposes are like arrows that are pointing us to a greater good, to a greater a greater area of influence. Because that's that's the thing about our purpose is that it touches lives and changes lives. Mm-hmm. And so, it's to ask ourselves, how can I use this strength that I have to touch people's lives in a positive way? You know, mm-hmm. um, I think so. Mm. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. And just thinking about your own life, um, you know, you said you're 30 years old now. Yeah. If you could go back in time and kind of talk to your, say, 20-year-old self, mm. what, what are some of the things that you wish that you had known or, you know, that, that maybe you've learned along the way? I think a major one, a major one would be um, focus on your strengths and interests, Mark. Compare yourself with your interests, your passions, your capabilities more than with other people. Yeah. I I really felt like I was making effort to 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 compare my own progress in life by how my friends were doing and how they were gifted. And I I wasted a lot of time there. Right now I'm I'm good at um public speaking. I can play basketball. <laughs> I, I want to use those things to carry a message of changing lives and using that to open doors, to, to gain an audience, you know, and, and speak, you know. So I, and, and again, I would say here, if, if you could allow me, it's my Christian mm. faith that influences mm. my views and how I go about what I do. So I, I, I would imagine that uh, I would look back and look at the younger Mark and say, Mark, stop looking on the left, on the right you have what has been given to you invest in that read go to ted talks watch all the talks that are aligning with your interests and become good at that sharpen that skill and then allow other people 
to help you where you need help. Don't be afraid. I mean, one of the things, by the way, a culture that really works against us in Kenya, for the young people, is a hustling culture. And what we would say, a jack of all trades. You want to be known to be good at everything. And that's not true. You know, you, I, 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 like for me, I, I got into video editing. And somehow I had a gift there, but I knew this is not what my life is all about. And, as, and anyone who's done anything to do with artistic, you know it, it takes your time. It drains your emotional energy. And the more time I spent there, the less I spent doing the things that I wanted to do. For me, I really felt I'm called to, 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 to bring the best out of people to call it out and, and, and affirm people's gifts. And as, as I was engaging and spending hours and hours in front of the computer, just so that I can appear like my friends, I'm hustling. This is my, the thing I'm doing on the side to bring me money. And man, what, what is all that about? Mm-hmm. Ah, come on. Anyway. <laughs> so that would be your message to your younger self? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that would be, uh, I hope he listens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really great. And, um, I'm just curious what sort of things you're involved in now. What, what shape does purpose take for you mm. um, in, in some of the things that you're doing today? Yeah, as I said earlier, I think my, my, um, my, my mission in life is to, is to um, bring the best out of people who are teachable mm. by, by way of uh, affirming their strengths mm-hmm. and uh, availing necessary resources. So I take opportunities to teach and mentor uh, I get a chance. I'm giving a subject um, to talk about. I would, I would, br- I'd research on it and go ahead and and stand and teach. So right now, I mean, I spend a lot of my time within um, uh, the Christian fraternity in churches. I'd be called to go teach and speak. Uh, I take that chance and mm. and and mm. I go and do it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's really. You know, I, I, th- I just feel like the insights that you've given us today are, are things that no one here would be able to say because um, we're so caught up in the culture that we're not even aware of what we're observing. So I really appreciate, um, you know, your time and um, just giving us those perspectives. Man, it's been a pleasure, man. Yeah. I really appreciate the yeah. opportunity. Is there any last things that, that you wanted to say? or? Yeah, I think I think maybe a last thing would be just in view of what you've said about mission, is everyone try, find a quiet space and attempt to stand outside yourself and imagine yourself as the manufacturer of you or manufacturer of a product and ask the question, is this product serving the purpose it was made for? That's a, that's a big thing. Just for a moment, stand outside. It's like trying to fabricate or to make a car. And you know the potential of this car, the horsepower. The, I mean, and then you look at the way it runs and you're wondering, what is it about this that is not come? It's not living to its full potential. So I would say stand outside yourself and take the position of a manufacturer and ask yourself, are you serving the purpose in which you are fabricated for? And mm. uh, if you're not, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you willing to do to come back to the original intention? Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mark. I mean, it's just been so rich. I really appreciate your time. Um, and I hope that the listeners can learn something from everything you've said today. Oh, yes, for sure. Anyway, thanks, man. It was really great to hear Mark's perspective on life and his observations of Western culture. Now, next week, we're going to be speaking with David Harland, who's the CEO of the Eden Project. Here's an excerpt from my interview with David. 
it's interesting. People know that we're a charity and they know that we're a social enterprise. And, and for me personally, the social enterprise part is, is more important uh, that, than the, the charitable bit. Charity is just a means, really, to allow funding to, to happen. Um, and the two words are important because, one, we're giving back to society, the, the social element, um, and, and the other of enterprise. I don't want you to think of us as, as uh, not making profit and, and not having a, a capitalist um, intent within our retail and catering and so on because actually if you don't have that you can't create profits for a purpose which mm. is what we put you know your wallet is your weapon all this sort of stuff and so everything that we do is reinvested into the activities that we have be they the charity or be they for, for society there's a lot more great interviews coming up for example we'll speak with dr james austin from the harvard business school as well as ben atkinson from fill their lunchbox if you don't want to miss out on those upcoming episodes then hit subscribe Until next time.